This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. I didn't want to start with this, but I got to start with the bird. Game over. It's the end of the bird. What a disappointment. Oh, man, I really held on to the end. But honestly, I was really heartbroken by the Giants game, and it just crushed my spirit to the point where I wasn't sure if they were going to beat the Buccaneers. I also subdued my celebration of the Cowboys losing. I guess I'll get to that later. But I didn't celebrate it, so I did at first. But then when I thought about it, I was like, the Eagles are free-falling, and I'm not sure if they're going to win tomorrow. You know, I I said I I was picking them to win, and I did. Just purely off just being an Eagles fan and standing tall on my Respect the Bird campaign, and I just still... I had hope. I had hope that this was still the same team that went to the Super Bowl. But I should have known from the beginning that it wasn't the case. I should have known from the start. The Patriots game where we gave up 325 yards to freaking Mac Jones. The reason why I kind of like dismissed that is because it was the first week of the season and most of our starters didn't even play in the preseason. Jalen Hurst didn't play in the preseason. So I was like, huh, big deal. You know, they caught us slipping. They caught us, you know, not playing our best ball. Big deal. We still won that game. All right, cool. Vikings game actually played pretty well despite the early turnovers and we rushed for 250-some yards, I think. And we let them get back into the game. I think by then, I kind of figured our defense was a problem. So going into the first Bucks game, I was like, oh, Baker's going to kill us. Our defense hasn't stopped anything. And he kind of did at first, and then we found a way to shut him down. Okay. Then the first Commanders game happened, and this when, and this is when I was like, Yeah, this defense is a serious problem because Sam Howell and Jalen Hurts went toe for toe. They went neck and neck. They they battled. They both had like 300-something passing yards. It seemed like Sam Howell was almost perfect. He destroyed us. And I was thinking, oh, it's just Sam Howell and um, E.B., But no, but then when you look at Sam Howell and Mac Jones down the road and even Baker, like these guys, these guys didn't really do what they did against Eagles down stretch later in the season against better defenses. The Eagles had the 31st ranked pass defense. Come on, man. I've complained about this defense all season. I knew it was a problem. Ever since the first Commanders game. I knew it was a problem. I mean, okay, it was better against the Rams. It was better against the Jets, even though we lost. Lost to the Jets. 
we gave that game away. I didn't take that game seriously. That was our best defensive performance. And the only reason is because we were playing one of the worst offenses in the league. And at the time, we were the number one rushing defense, so we shut down Brees Hall. And if Zach Wilson didn't throw to Garrett Wilson, he had nothing. If we don't have four turnovers, we easily win that game. And I'm like, okay. I was like, all right, that's fine. The second Commanders game, Sam Howell lights us up again. The reason why we won that game is because, well, the only team that has a worse pass defense than the Eagles is the Commanders. So, of course, Jalen Hurst threw for another 300-something yards against them. And we forced a late turnover, we win that game. The Cowboys destroyed us, but they couldn't stop the run. That's a theme for them, by the way. And they made some late mistakes. They could easily beat us, but they made some late mistakes, and we escaped that game. Long story short, I mean, we got out the 10-1, and and, yeah, we were winning, and I was still, you know, saying we going to the Super Bowl because we were finding ways to win, and our offense still looked like it could compete with anybody. It still looked like that juggernaut from last year. But at some point, I was like, it's still inconsistent, and we still do bonehead stuff. And on defense, we can't stop anybody. I want to go through the whole schedule so bad. But we lost six or seven. You got to be kidding. And things really fell apart after the Seattle game. And we had to play against, was it Dallas or was it Arizona? I mean, if 49ers said they broke us, I think Arizona broke us. Because then we just became the worst team in the league overnight. Can't stop anybody. Can't stop the run all of a sudden. Uh, Stop running the ball. Running the same plays on third down. The Giants, all they did was blitz. Cover zero blitz. The second game, and we had no answer for it. People are out of position on in pass defense. I just couldn't believe I was watching. And in the playoff game, couldn't tackle. Couldn't tackle people out of position on third and two. We're throwing fades on man-to-man coverage. No slants, no nothing. Middle of the field's wide open. I was like, the game plan is simple against these guys. No wonder why it's so easy to beat them now. We just fell apart, and it just broke my heart. We didn't make any adjustments. We didn't make any changes, and then people got hurt. A.J. Brown got hurt. I should have known it was a wrap when A.J. Brown got hurt. Now, in the playoff game, it was 16-9 to because we started to get to Baker around the second quarter, but then in the second half, Once again, we got into too many third and longs. We weren't running the ball. And on defense, couldn't stop anybody. And they got us up out of there. We didn't even score in the second half. I think that was the only game where we didn't score in the second half. Even the 49ers game, we scored in the second half. Just a complete crap. It's a complete crap. Watching the Eagles the last seven weeks. 
I should have known. I was like, we haven't played defense all year. We got an inconsistent offense. We got new coordinators that are doesn't look like they're very good. We have no pass rush. Secondary is beat up. And they're not good. Linebackers took a step back. I should have known. But actually, I did know. But I was like, the magic of the bird. The magic of Jalen Hurts. I thought that was enough to overcome all the shortcomings. And I was like, this team could be the 2012 Ravens. Because I was like, we got a good coach. I thought we did. We got... Hall of Fame caliber veterans like Lane Johnson and Kelsey. I don't know if Slay's going to make the Hall of Fame, but he's pretty good. And he was all pro last year. So I was like, yeah. And then we got Jalen Hurts, 28-3, third and 20. I mean, come on. Game-winning touchdown versus the Bills. He's done legendary stuff. I thought that was enough to get us back to the bowl. But I did also warn that this team is like the 2022 Vikings, who also was terrible at pass defense. And they also started like 10 and one ish. And they also got blown out by the Cowboys late in the season. And what happened to them? They lost in a wild card round. Except they weren't at home. I mean, they were at home. We were on the road. But it was against an inferior team. The the Vikings played an inferior team and lost too. I was like, this ended up being like the 2022 Vikings. And where are they at right now? At home. The next year, and they won a bunch of one-score games, just like the Eagles. The next year, they didn't make the playoffs. I hope that isn't the Eagles' fate. I really hope not because... That would be a shame. All this talent on this team, they got to fix it. It looks like they're going to keep Sirianni, and they're open to getting rid of the coordinators. But I'm like, we wanted to get rid of our coordinators. Well, I don't know about Steichen, but we definitely wanted to get rid of Jonathan Gannon when we were in this situation, literally this exact situation, two years ago. When we lost to the Bucks, got blown out, wasn't sure about our coaches, wasn't sure about our quarterback. I think I think there's more positive outlook about Jalen because of the year he had in twenty twenty two. And he didn't even do that bad this year. It was just a terrible finish. But still. We're right back where we started in 2021. It's crazy, man. I never would have imagined. I thought we'd go forward and build a dynasty. Now we're just, we're back at not square one, but we're back at like square two. Not good. Not good. Sad. Sad that it came down to this. It ruined the Cowboy losing celebration. It doesn't even hit the same. I was ready to dance. I was ready to do backflips and everything. 
I mean, I might as well talk about it now. I'm completely shocked. I might as well just go on the wild card weekend. I'll just, you know, go through the games after the Cowboys game. I'll just say what I feel about the games, you know, as quickly as I can, if possible. But I'm completely shocked. The Cowboys had me fooled. I can't imagine it, fans. If I was fooled as a rival fan, I can't imagine the Cowboys fans. They were they must have really been thinking Super Bowl. I was thinking this is one of the first times probably ever in my life that I legit I legit thought this team could make at least the conference finals. Just because the NFC's kind of weak this year. All because the Eagles fell off. The Lions and the Rams are suspect. The Bucks are mid. And I thought the Packers were mid. I was like, the Cowboys are going to blow the Packers out. Packers defense isn't that good. Packers defense. Packers defense. They forced three turnovers and they had two pick sixes. They really showed up. They really had their foot on the Cowboys' neck. CeeDee Lamb didn't do anything until the second half. I am kind of shocked that happened. I did not see that coming whatsoever. I thought it was a foregone conclusion that the Cowboys were going to kill this team. And they were 8-0 at home. I mean, I didn't think it was a big deal that the Cowboys... Lost to the Packers in the playoffs literally every time they've played them since 2000. I didn't think it was a big deal. I was I was thinking, oh, this is a different team. This team ain't as good as those Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre teams. And I was wrong. Jordan Love, I you know what? I was coming around to the Packers maybe making this a game. When I saw Jordan Love's stats, he threw for 4,000 yards. This guy threw for 4,100 yards and had, like, 33 touchdowns. Like, that is that is Pro Bowl worthy. He didn't make the Pro Bowl, but he was dangerously close based off stats alone. And those guys really dominated. They did whatever they wanted. Aaron Jones had, like, 150 yards, three touchdowns. Like, this guy was eating. And the Cowboys choked again. And I was excited. I was happy. I wanted to dance. Boy, I couldn't stop laughing. I couldn't stop smiling. But then the bird had to play football the next day. And this version of the bird, just just free-falling. I don't know. They free-fell. I don't know what happened to them. I don't know why they didn't make any adjustments down the stretch I don't know why they stopped running the ball because against Tampa Bay and the Vikings early in the season we ran for over 200 yards against both of them I don't know why they stopped running the ball especially with a terrible defense what do you do with a terrible defense keep them off the field being bad on third down on offense keeps them on the field and it just makes things worse now, I'll give our defense some credit. They played with some pride 
the second half against the Giants and the whole Seahawks game and and a little bit in the Bucks game, but they they were terrible. Just a lot of backups that just weren't that good. Unbelievable. Let me go through the other games. I can't believe the Texans blew out the Browns. I really overlooked the fact that the Browns' defense worst games came on the road because I knew about the Colts game. I knew about the Steelers game. Now, the Steelers game, you know, that was two defensive touchdowns. But still, George Pickens had a big game. That was on the road. The Ravens had a lot of yards and points on them, even though the Browns won. That was on the road. The first Texans game was a shootout. I forgot about that. I just dismissed it because I was like, okay, Stroud didn't play. But Stroud didn't play, and they still scored that many points. That was on the road. I should have known. These guys had the worst statistical defense on the road. Even worse than the Eagles, I didn't think that was possible. But you think about it, all the best Eagles defensive performances were on the road. So basically, it's kind of opposite of the Eagles there. <laughs> like, think about it. The Eagles' best defensive performances, the Chiefs game, the Jets game, the Seahawks game, the Rams game, the Bucks game, all on the road. Unlike Cleveland, who had to play on the road in the wild card, and they fell apart and had two pick sixes from Flacco. And that's another thing. I knew Flacco was turnover worthy, which is why I didn't think they'd get past the second round. Because I was like, eventually he's going to turn the ball over. And unfortunately, did against the Texans, blew that game wide open. C.J. Stroud was great. PFF thinks he wasn't as great as the film that – the film makes him look not as great as people think he was, but he deserves all the um, praise that everyone's giving him because he's balling out for a rookie and his future is bright. But he is going to have to clean some things up because you're going to Baltimore and that's not an easy place to play. They opened their season in Baltimore. That's going to help them, but they only had nine points. So, I don't know. I think they'll score more this time, but it's not going to be easy. Going back to Baltimore, same place you started, that's going to be interesting. I hope I can go, but I'm telling you, it's going to be a miracle. It's going to be a miracle because, first of all, I'm busy. I got a ref. Second of all, I have no money whatsoever. So, I don't think I'm going. I doubt it. Anyway, good win for them. They're going to be in trouble against Baltimore. Got Baltimore winning that game. Got Baltimore winning that game 27-17. But, yeah. Um, The Chiefs and the Dolphins, I laughed when they put it on Peacock because I was like, oh, good. I wasn't really interested in those teams anyway. I'm like, I'm sure it'll be a good game. Um, I got invited to go out and watch it. But I was like, uh-uh, I'd rather stay on the road and make money, and I'll just put it on on the radio. That was a great choice. Because the Chiefs, that game I was completely right about. I knew the Chiefs was going to choke them out because the Dolphins only beat one team with a ring record or one team in the playoffs that they play. 
every good team they played, they lost to, except the Cowboys. And even that game, they barely won. And they were on the road. Historically, they weren't good on the road. They're playing against a veteran Chiefs team with one of the best defenses in the league. It was a bad matchup. In the cold, historically cold, like negative 14, I was supposed to be there. I think I'll talk a little bit about that later. I was supposed to be there. I wasn't, thank God, because I would have froze to death. I was definitely not going to that game. I would have froze to death. Thank God I didn't go. Um, yeah, I knew, and I knew everything just set up for the Chiefs. I, and I was right, and they destroyed them. 26 to 7. They had me going for a second when the Dolphins scored that touchdown and they cut it to like 13 to 7, but then they didn't do anything after that. Not surprised. I'm not sure. I I don't know how they even caught the ball on that. I don't know how they got their footing, but they're professionals, so they made it happen. I don't blame them. Uh, let's see. Going in order here. All right, I already talked about the Packers-Cowboys. Lions-Rams lived up to the hype. Puka just cemented his status as the next up-and-coming receiver, and he surpassed Cup in one year. I don't know how he did that. Or is it the scheme, or is the kid really that good? I don't know, because this is a similar type of Cooper Cup rise. So we'll see. Um, I I thought Puka got held. On that last play that could have got them in field goal range. He definitely got held. Lions got away with it. The Saints fans are trolling the Rams because, you know, they they think they have no right to complain about a call because of what happened in 20, what was it, 2021? No, it was 2018. What happened in 2018? You know, so they had no right to complain about a call because... There was an obvious passing interference that kept the Saints from the Super Bowl. So the Saints were trolling. They were loving it. And, you know, it was a good game. I I watched pretty much the second half of it. The Lions offense just disappeared in the second half. I mean, credit to the Rams defense. But it just shows that definitely the Lions are vulnerable, but they gutted it out. They made plays when they needed to even though they got away with that hold. But, yeah, that game lived up to the hype. I, I can see why. And it was a one-point game that came down to the wire. And the atmosphere in Detroit was predictably awesome. And Eminem was there, and he hyped up the crowd. It was everything you wanted it to be. Now, uh, Lions and Bucks. Bake. Mm, man, I'm definitely rooting for Bake from now on. That's my guy. If anyone beat the Eagles, is that guy? He has a statue for a reason. I don't know because there's some concerning things about the Bucks because the receivers drop passes, especially Mike Evans. No wonder why some games he just seems like he disappeared because he dropped passes. I'm kind of surprised about that. He's really good. He's all pro caliber. But the way he was dropping passes absolutely blew my mind. Going to have to clean that up against Detroit. Now, they have a better defense than we do because they got a pass rush. But, but, and they're going to be at home with that crowd. Still, 
the Buccaneers can take advantage of that defense, you saw they couldn't stop Puka. You saw they had trouble with the Packers. That defense is torturable. So if the Buccaneers press the right buttons and have the right game plan, they can win this game. I'm just going to pick them because of Baker um, in an upset, 20-17. to 17, But the Lions are the better team, so I wouldn't be surprised if they won. It just seems set up for them to win, but I'm going with Bake. Um, it's going to be hard for me to go for Bake if they got to play against the 49ers because I expect the 49ers to beat the Packers. Unlike the Cowboys, they just – 49ers are much better at stopping the run. And they're going to have a much better game plan for Jordan Love. And the Packers' defense is inconsistent. I don't know how they stop all those weapons that the 49ers have. I want them to win, but the 49ers are going to be too much. They're going to be way too much. Okay, the, the final game I didn't talk about was the Bills and the Steelers. Okay, quick prediction for the – I'm kind of doing everything I want. It's, it's crazy, but quick prediction for the 49ers and Packers. Yeah, I got 49ers 34-24. Just way too much. I hope the Packers win. Shut up the 49ers fans. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough sledding, especially going to that place. Now, the Bills and the Steelers, for half of this game, I was watching it at Capital One Arena because I sat all the way up top, right below the producer's booth, and he had the game on. So I was kind of watching it a little bit, and the Bills were taking care of business. And, you know, I had the Bills defense in some DFS lineups. But they let the Steelers come back because, you know, the Bills just can't dominate. They just don't put teams away. You know how they are, man. You know, once in a blue moon, they'll play like they're supposed to play and blow people out. And then they just let lesser teams stay in it. And they had some close calls with uh, pickings being held and stuff. But they did just enough to get past the Steelers, even though they were the way better team and should have just ran them out the stadium. But this is the Bills. That's that's just how they are. And Josh Allen just shows that he's top five and he's dangerous and he could definitely make a Super Bowl run. They didn't really turn the ball over. I think they had one turnover. That's the key. If they can win the turnover battle, which – I think it was a tie. Or they might have won the turnover battle. If they can win the turnover battle, there's not many teams in this league that can beat them. I don't know how they got that stadium ready to go. That that stadium was buried in snow, even at kickoff. And it's going to be buried in snow again based on reports. Against the Chiefs. Chiefs and Bills, man, every time they play, I live for that. It is like, it's like Ravens Steelers. It's like Eagles Cowboys. I just I live for it every time they play. And we get another, we are blessed with another Bills and Chiefs playoff game that I'm probably 
won't be able to watch because I'm probably going to be on the road because that's just how life is right now. But I'm going to make sure to listen on the radio and maybe watch the highlights because I got to see this or I got to be in the know about it somehow. I think the Bills finally get it done. I know it's a clash of styles, uh, the bruising defensive style. It's crazy to say that about the Chiefs, but it's true. And the flashy offense of the Bills. Um, We'll see, man. I know the Chiefs are the better coach team and got the, the more reliable veterans and got the better defense, but... I got the Bills winning, man. I, this is the year. This is the year to finally get over that hump. You done lost to Kansas City in the playoffs three times. It's time to get over the hump. It's time to make that jump and maybe go to the Super Bowl. I don't think they beating the Ravens, but we'll see. We'll see. Now, I think that's everything with Wild Card Weekend. Um, okay, coaching Armageddon. Okay, so let me get this straight. Pete Carroll got fired. Nick Saban retired. And Bill Belichick got fired. This all happened in one week. And also, um, after winning a title, Jim Harbaugh is interviewing with NFL teams. I, I guess he's he. I guess he wants a new challenge, and I guess he wants to try this NFL thing again. Coaching Armageddon. All this happened at once, and I am shocked. So, okay. So, Kalen DeBoer is in Alabama. Great hire. Um, Washington went like 14 and 1. So, I, I get him moving on to Alabama. Uh, even better job. I get it. And he already losing people because of that. But, hey. Um, if he's really that good of a coach, he'll get those people back and then some. But it's just going to be tough to live up to what Saban did. It's already an uphill battle with recruits leaving. It's going to be tough. Uh, let's see. Oh, Gerard Mayo, who we suspected would replace Belichick all along. Well, him or Mike Vrabel, they chose Gerard Mayo. Looked like they had a plan in place. I like the hire. Guy not too much older than me. He's paid his dues, played for the Patriots and everything. It just looks like something new, like a fresh voice, a fresh state of mind. See if that works for them. I don't know who's going to coordinate their offense, but I hope they make the right choice because their offense was terrible. It was like the Jets. So hopefully they, they, they figure that out. Uh, oh, yeah. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. Um, it's very nice what his old players said about him, especially Richard Sherman. He's very loved. But it doesn't look like he wanted to leave, from what I heard. It looked like he's wanted to stay and make this work. They didn't make the playoffs. They definitely should have. But they didn't. They had a disappointing season. And they fired him. That kind of surprised me, though. I, I, I didn't think they'd fire him. I mean, they still had something to work with, and he's done so much for that franchise. I'm kind of surprised they choose now to fire him. I'm surprised they didn't let him go when they went like 4-12 and 
last year with Russell Wilson. I, they kept him two more years, um, and he did better. I, I thought they was going to keep him. But kind of a surprise, but, man, all these coaching changes happening at once. Of course, the obvious ones happened, like the Falcons and the Panthers and the Commanders. All that was obvious. But those guys, man. Man. I just hope their replacements can live up to it. I haven't heard anything about Seattle hiring anybody else, or maybe they did and I forgot about it, but I haven't heard anything. Now, also, yeah, let's see if their replacements can can live up to the hype, can live up to what their predecessors did. Usually, these guys don't, unless you're freaking Mike Tomlin, which his future is uncertain too. That could be part of the coaching Armageddon as well. It's just, oh, this is all crazy. You just never expected any of this. And it's all happening at one time. It's just tough to process. Now, also, uh, oh, this is the perfect time to talk about Belichick and Brady. Finally, finally going to give my take about this. I've always thought they needed each other. Tom Brady needed that coach that was going to always be on him, that was always going to push him. And Coach Belichick needed that player that was going to be receptive to his coaching and that was going to have that championship mindset, that was going to have that desire to not only not want to give up his job, but to win titles and to be the best. It had to go hand in hand, like peanut butter and jelly. So when it comes to these guys, I wouldn't be so quick to take sides and saying one was trash without the other. They both had greatness inside of them. They just it just came together at the right time, and it was a great match. Like, and Brady needed that system. Brady needed those that combination of coaches that Belichick bought to push him and have the right system around him. And, you know, the competitive drive of Brady and wanting him to be the best made it all work, too. So I wouldn't trash Belichick or trash Brady because of this breakup. I mean, come on. Father Time is undefeated. And it's the NFL that... It's just, it's, it's all about parody. The draft, free agency, it's all about parody. It's hard to be consistently good in this league because of all the things working against you and your best players being hurt and always wanting more money. That's why it's hard to keep winning in the NFL. The fact that they did it for 20 years is just spectacular. But they needed each other. So I don't really like to take sides in the whole Brady-Belichick thing. Yeah, Brady won without Belichick. Yeah, sure. But, you know, he had a great supporting cast. I mean, sure. I mean, I think Brady threw for 5,000 yards both time, both years he was there. Yeah, that helped too. But still, at the beginning, 
of his career, Belichick was still really important to his success. So I wouldn't just trash Belichick there. But it looked like Belichick's going to the Falcons. Once they said it was mutual interest, I was like, yeah, he's he's probably going there. I was like, all them other guys are either going to lowball him or he's not going to be as interested. Once I heard it was mutual interest, that's all I that's all I needed. So I think Belichick's going to the Falcons. I don't know how that's going to work. Like I said, when the possibility of him going to the Eagles was floating about, I was like, you need an offensive coordinator. You need a good offensive coordinator, period. It's not going to work without a good offensive coordinator. So hopefully he does that in Atlanta, or it's just going to be mediocrity once again. And they need a quarterback. Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter ain't going to cut it. And they need to run the ball more. Like the bird. I mean those other birds. The Eagles have the same problem, but the Ravens run the ball and look where they are. Look where they are. They have a great balance offense. And look where they are. Best record in the league. Come on, man. Let's not make this difficult. Well, best of luck to Belichick in Atlanta. It looked like it's going to be dope for sure. Um, man. This might be another freaking, this might be a freaking part two type of episode. This is just too much stuff to talk about. Way too much stuff. That's what happens when you, Get away from the mic forever is what happens. Well, well, you already know. I was about to say I'm out peace, but yeah. Part two of this episode coming up. I could just make it another episode. Like this is one episode and then make the other one another episode, but You know what? That's what I'm going to do. So stay tuned for the next episode. I don't know why I just tapped my finger on that mic. But I got to roll. I got to do something else. But you know, it's Mr. Ann Pugh. GoatLevelTees.com for all things Goat Level. Uh, Follow the Goat Level TikTok and Pinterest and Instagram, Twitter, all that. YouTube. YouTube Goat Level Podcast. Got some shorts of the show on there. About to put some more up soon. And I'm going to try to keep it together in life. But for now, you already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.